We're back with segment two of the Fish Cast. Joined as always by Fish and Demo. My name is Corey Long. Selection committee makes their first choice on Tuesday. We're talking about the Final Four. We're talking about the playoffs. We know some of the schools. Georgia's going to be one. We can talk about Georgia in a second. They're just they're just so scary good on defense. Um, Cincinnati is number two in the nation. I don't know that they're going to be number two in the selection committee. Ohio State's probably going to be in there. And we heard the ESPN talking heads. They're putting up their resume next to Oregon and saying, yeah, we know Oregon went on the road in a noon game, beat them, didn't need any luck, went out there, beat them straight up. But how can you put Oregon ahead of Ohio State? Because, you know, in the ESPN world, games don't matter. So, guys, tell me what you think this election committee is going to do. Where do you think they're going to go? You know, we got a lot of different, we got some new teams in there. We got some old teams in there. So, you know, what's going to happen in this first week and what are we going to get out of it? Oh, I still get, I still get excited when you say Alabama, Georgia, I get excited. I'm turning that game on. I don't matter where I am. I'm going to watch that game. Cincinnati versus whoever. I don't know if I'm turning that game on. I'm sorry, but I'm just not. It goes back to what value brings to the, to the, to the selection committee. You know, does Oregon out West bring it? I don't know. Does Ohio State probably just because they're Ohio State? So you're back to the SEC and the Big Ten again with one other random school. Could it be Oklahoma? You know, who could it be? I mean, uh, but I just don't get excited about Cincinnati. I'm sorry. But Demo, we've talked about this. If that's going to be your criteria, tell everybody before the season starts so we don't have to sure. play all the football games. Like if right. you're Oregon and you end up with the same record as Ohio State, and you beat them in their house, and not just beat them, dominated them, and you're going to sit there and tell me Ohio State deserves to be in over Oregon, I'm going to say, you know what, that's not uh, – this system's broken, you know? I'm sorry. Listen, I understand why Alabama's still in the top four. They they played a team, uh, a Texas a and team, yeah, while they were down a little bit. They're still a top 15 team. They lost to them at Texas A&M, and Alabama played a great game. Ohio State was physically dominated. Against Oregon. I mean, you're right. They ran at them over 300 yards rushing, big man boy football. They strapped it on. They beat them with Big Ten style football. They didn't come in there with that finesse. Mario's team kicked the crap out of it. And I don't believe that Ohio State deserves to be ahead of them. Now, if they end up with another loss, that's a different story. Nothing that I saw from Ohio State yesterday told me that they're a top four team. Nothing. I, I thought Penn State outplayed them for most of the game. Um, they, their, their defense dominated Ohio state at times, especially in short yarded situations and Ohio state had the better players. I told Corey yesterday, when you see a 300 pound man pick the football up like that D tackle did, and you want to know why they're winning. And you're like, Oh, you know, Ryan, nothing against Ryan day, but stop telling me the guy's a genius. When you have a 330 pound D tackle that runs faster than most running backs in college football. Like when you have guys up front that they do, their old line and D line looks like an NFL uh, squad. I mean, they are massive men. I mean, hey, I don't he's know. smart you... enough to put them on the field. You, know? <laughs> hey, you got that right. That's what yeah. I was about to say. He ain't a genius, but he's a genius in putting those kids on the field because he knows Dude, what they are just flat out studs. Like Ohio State no doesn't, they look like an SEC team. You always talk about, but they found a way to get their butts kicked. By Mario, who was in the SEC at Oregon, who's trying to bring that style of football out west. So you can't knock it. Like they're seven, no, they're, both seven they're both seven and one. Me, 
Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, Oregon should be the top four teams. Yeah, with Ohio State hanging in there, whoever, you know, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. It, 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 Ohio State's number five. I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right. So where would you put Cincinnati? I mean, Cincinnati's going to be five or six. I, listen, nothing against them, but at the end of the day, if they play uh, any of the top four or five teams, they're not going to They win. played Georgia last year and played them pretty damn tough. Yeah, they didn't win. And Georgia, honestly, Cincinnati had a lot more to play for. Georgia was just playing another bowl game. Correct. So, I mean, yeah, let's play them in a playoff right now. I mean, they went out, I mean you tell you want to they went out to Notre Dame. Y'all respect Notre Dame. Y'all love Brian Kelly. They wouldn't have beat him by double digits. Hey, yeah, I like Brian I, Kelly. I don't know if their team's that good, but I do like yeah. Brian Kelly. Well, he's listen, seven and one. I mean, listen, you know, what do you listen, want? Listen, Cincinnati's a good football team. Let's I don't want to get knocked them, but I did they barely beat like Navy last week? Like honestly, barely beat Navy. Like, and they're undefeated. Let them go undefeated, and if the, you know what, if they go undefeated, win their conference, and uh, they should definitely get in. I don't want to hear a two-loss team getting in over Cincinnati. That's ridiculous. Who would who, who, who yeah, win, Cincinnati or Wake Forest? Who would win? Cincinnati I, I, win. I think Cincinnati, Cincinnati would win. win. Yeah, I think Cincinnati. I think they're a better team. I think yeah. they're a better team. But yeah, I, I, think, I mean, I mean, I don't think Wake Forest is going to make the playoffs, even if they go undefeated no, in the ACC. No. They they would literally need every team. They would have to have. Two of the teams have two losses for Wake Forest to be a playoff team and then go on. And, and, you know, and to me, that, that that's just so – I mean, it, it's football and it is what it is. But, again, you don't tell me that there's – what's the difference between the undefeated Wake Forest team and the undefeated Clemson team? They both are in the same conference. They both – like Clemson, and, I mean – this year they played Georgia, but Clemson was never known for running out on a bunch of hard yeah, but, teams. But what's, what's going to hurt what's going to hurt Wake Forest – is that Miami, Florida State, and Clemson are all down. Like, if they were all 10-2 and two and Wake Forest won the conference and they were undefeated, right. but they're looking at them like Wake Forest is taking advantage of a conference that's way down. And that listen, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just telling you what I, what these guys are going to look at and the excuse, excuses. I don't if, – if Wake Forest goes undefeated, hey, they're one of the top Power Five conferences, ACC. They should be in over a one-loss team. But you and I know that's not possible. One – Wake Forest is a small private school. There's like only seven or 8,000 students. They don't have a large, um, you know, Demo talks about it all the time and they don't have the eyeballs watching them. So like at the end of the day, unless these teams like Michigan State, Ohio State, um, Oklahoma lose two games, they're not going to make it in. I mean, they could have one loss and Wake Forest could have zero and they're going to get in over Wake Forest. Wake Forest will probably end up, if they're undefeated, six, maybe the right now they're at 10. You're looking at probably five or six. They'll be right outside that conversation and they'll go to a nice bowl game. And, and that's it. That will be the end of the story with Wake Forest. I'm not saying yeah. it's fair, by the way. So, no. And that's why we need to have 12 teams in the playoffs. This might be this year might be the year that, well, you know, cool. really when they decide to expand this thing, they realize that 12 does work because you do have beyond once you get past your clear like Georgia's a clear one and then you know there might be a clear two or three might emerge but you know there's not a big difference once you get through like four to like ten they're very Corey, similar Corey we had this conversation you and I last year and we kind of got in a disagreement about it I felt that this if there was a year that you didn't have a traditional team win it this was the year because Alabama lost their starting quarterback, and I know they replaced him, but they they lost their, a guy that was a fifth or sixth year senior that happened to stay around, which mo- it doesn't happen. 
Um, Oklahoma's not the same team that they've been, but I know they're undefeated. Ohio State's definitely not the same team. We've seen what's happened. Notre Dame's a little down this year. The top teams that are at Clemson's nowhere near. We talked about this. Clemson's nowhere near a playoff team this year. If there's a year that an odd team wins it, a Cincinnati or someone like that, an Oregon, a Michigan State, this could be the year. We could have an odd year that things, the stars align for one of these programs. I mean, if Michigan State makes the playoffs, it's not, I mean, if you put them against Georgia in that offense with Stetson Bennett, are you telling me Michigan State may not be able to pull off the upset? I don't, I mean, this isn't Michigan State playing Alabama and one of those top saving teams and them being in the playoffs that year and getting shellacked. Yeah. This Michigan State team can beat anybody in the top four or five. They're that good. And, and you're talking a one-game playoff, and there's not a, a dominant team. I, now, if Georgia gets their quarterback back, JT Daniels, they are by far the number one team. But with Stetson Bennett running out, and we're going to talk about that, they roll him out in a playoff game. Uh, man, I, I'm not, I, I may take the money line on another team. I'm being honest. Okay, before, before we get to uh, that real quick um... – uh, okay, where do you have? I have Michigan State at four. I actually have a Georgia. Um, I have a Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, Michigan State, Ohio State, Cincinnati. That's my one through six. Where would you have Michigan State at? I'd have them at five. I I, I think Oklahoma. I have Georgia. I'd have Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Oregon are my top four teams. I think I, I'd have I'd have Oregon ahead of Michigan State. I just I think the winning. <laughs> Unmute yourself, brother. There, there I am. I, I came back. I the something happened in the universe of Charles Fishbinder in my neighborhood. But what I was saying was, is I think uh, right now, like I said, Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, Oregon are my top four. Michigan State would be number five, right outside that uh, top five, ready to uh, jump. So those, that's how I would have it right now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. That's a, uh, it's a, it's a, and, and Dima, where do you think you have Michigan State? You have them outside of the top four? Yeah. Right now, I do. I kind of agree with Fish with Georgia, Alabama, um, Oklahoma, and Oregon, and then Michigan State, Ohio State are right there. I, I think Michigan's going to Michigan State. I mean, but I think Michigan is going to beat Ohio State this year in the Big House. I don't know. I just got a gut feeling because yep. yeah. I think I don't think Ohio State's that good, you know. So, but we'll see. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think this is a year that they, if they're going to get them, they're going to clip them next year. But yes, moving on. I said uh, I said on Twitter while I was watching Georgia, Florida. I said Georgia is one quote I quoted one big ass first round pick on defense. Like everybody on the defense looks like a first round pick. I and they don't look like they don't look like a normal. Like I've seen great college defenses. You've been part of them, Demo. We've seen a ton. These guys look like like 85 bears of a college defense. Like I don't I don't see a weakness anywhere on them. It just looks like one. It looks like Godzilla after Godzilla after Godzilla, and then a Frankenstein rolled in there somewhere. Well, did you see 27 pick that pass off and go back to the house? He looked like a linebacker, but he said he wanted the top corners in the country. He looked like a linebacker. That's how big he was. I was like, holy nah, smokes. Nah, they, but, they look know. like Nebraska back in the day oh, like, yeah. with yeah. athletes, like athletes that are big. I mean, they are just a massive football team. And, and I'm glad that Kirby Smart came out this week and basically said, listen, coaching's great, 
but you ain't winning out without the players. He came he out. The players. You are not winning out without the dudes. All right. And he has the dudes. We've talked about this, Corey. UGA has been on that path of playing for a national title. All right. They, they, they were in the playoffs a couple of years ago. They almost lost to Oklahoma. They had a shot at beating Alabama in the championship game till Tua came in. They've been on, they've been knocking on that doorstep for, I mean, it's been 1980 <laughs> since Herschel Walker Ugh. won down, I think, in, in, in New Orleans. But this team looks like a national championship caliber team. I think they look like the clear-cut number one team, but they have one glaring weakness that I think can derail this thing really quick, and that's Stetson Bennett. I, I love when I turn on the Georgia games and I got to hear how great he is and what a great story he is. Listen. It's not going to be a great story if this team doesn't win the national title this year with the team they have. It's this will be this is one of those teams, Jimmy Johnson, when he went against Penn State type teams, that if they don't win, this is one of those ones that Kirby yeah. will look back at and say, How did I not win? Like they've got to win the title this year with that yeah. team. And the only way they're going to do it is JT Daniels needs to come back. I don't know what his situation is, Corey. If you know what the situation is better. Uh, but they ain't winning with. I, I just. I, I have think a hard. He can go. I think he can go. I think they're. I think Kirby is trying to play this similar to the way that Saban played Hurts and Tua. Like you know, he had Tua in the back pocket all year when he needed him to use them. I don't think that's a smart move. I think he should be JT Daniels playing right now. To be honest with you, I. You know, I'll give you. Do either one of you know the name of the Georgia one that? Championship, I think in 1980 or 81. 80. Uh, 80. Do you know? Do you know the name of the quarterback was on that team? I mean, it's it's before Eric Sire. I know that, but I'm. Oh yeah, it was, his name was yeah. Buck Ballou. And you know what Buck, oh, Buck best, You know what Buck Ballou's best pass was? A, a toss sweep. Uh, a toss sweep to Herschel Walker. You got that. You know right. what Stetson Bennett's best pass is? It's a handoff to whatever five star back is behind him. The guy yeah. throws nine passes. Seven of them are screens, two are tight end wheel routes. He's but, horrible. But and if he can't I, win with them. Do you think like that's gonna win against Alabama? I don't no, I don't think I don't think that can honestly win against a really like I don't think that can win against a really good not Alabama SEC team. They just haven't they're just so good on defense that they've been able to they're, he's asking right, the guy can, to do can, nothing. Can they other beat? Than three can they beat Michigan State scoring only ten points? I don't think so. Like I, I think this team has to do it. I just I, Kirby. Something about Kirby, and when he sees him an undersized quarterback with a bad arm that used to be a walk on, he just falls in love. There's a guy that looked Justin Fields right. He saw Justin Fields in practice every. Looked him right in the eye and said, "Now nah, I think I'm gonna go with this Jake Fromm thing over you." All right, Kirby does not make the best decisions when it comes to quarterbacks, and really, it should be taken out of his hands. You know how you know uh, you know how sometimes you know there's certain coaches where it's like, oh, you got to take the headset off, the coach, because we got to do some work. Kirby, when it comes to quarterbacks, like, yeah, we got to just not let Kirby choose a quarterback this week because it might not work out. For him. Yeah, it just will be really sad if they lose the title this year because they keep playing him. You know. Yeah, the thing, the thing that disappoints me the most, and I hate to get off the topic, is the Gators. I actually thought they were going to be pretty good. They fooled me. But here's where I said a couple podcasts back, I was concerned with their defense. They can't tackle. And I'm not the only one that says that. The head ball coach, Coach Spurrier said that. They can't tackle. So I don't know what they're doing in practice, or they got softer kids, or everybody's 
worried about the portal, but they can't tackle. So who knows? Right. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's uh, if there was, you know, it, Dan Mullins kind of in that hard spot. Over <laughs> Mullins also in that spot where. Fans are sick. Fans just are not – they're not – they're kind of sick of them. And I don't know – when I look at them on the sidelines, I do not see a guy that wants to be there. I don't know if he just doesn't want to be in college in general, doesn't want to be at that job. But I don't see a guy that necessarily – like, I, I look – I listen to his post game, and it's like, does he – and, you know, fans are like, does this guy think we – is there's problems or does he not realize this? I'm like, I think he realizes it. He's not listen, a dumb guy. I just don't think he cares. I don't think he nah, wants to be there. He, he doesn't care. And listen, I, I, you know my feeling about Dan Mullen. I think he's a hell of a coach. I think he's one of the top coaches. He does a great job at developing. There's something wrong at that program this year. There's something wrong and he's got to figure it out and he's got to make changes. But he looks like a coach that doesn't want to be there. He wants to go somewhere else. It would not shock me. He's another one that I could see basically cutting ties with Florida this year, walking away from that program and taking another job somewhere else. He just, you know, if Franklin takes the, um, you know, goes out to USC and takes that job, Dean will tell you, he, Dan Mullen's from Pennsylvania. It would yep. not be shocking if he went up there and took that job at Penn State or, at, or inquired about it. I believe he'll want out if, uh, if the pressure gets too hot at Gainesville. I mean, it, listen, they're going to probably go eight. I don't know what their record is now. They're four and four. They probably will go eight and four this year. And that's Ugh. not, that's not acceptable. And mm-hmm. not, that's not acceptable in Florida. You know, I don't even know. If they, like, I don't, I don't know where, like, they're not a team that looks like they're motivated to win much more this year. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can very simply see them going six and six. You'd be like, how'd they lose this game? How'd they lose the Florida State? Yeah, but, but the they, final but, week of the season. You, because you look, they don't care. Yeah. I mean, like the only game that I think they have a legitimate shot at losing is a Missouri game, <laughs> Missouri game, because that's Missouri, but they're bad this year. I mean, South Carolina's not good. I mean, yeah, they got four games that they sh- they could possibly lose one of them, but they're good enough to win each one of those games. And and listen, a couple of weeks ago. Manny Diaz was about to get fired. Now everybody's yeah. saying what a great job he's doing. So things could <laughs> change. Playing the younger kids. Yeah, yeah. And things could change real quick with a win over South Carolina. I want to get into that Manny thing while Demo's on here because I want to, you know, Fish. You and I had a conversation last night, and there've been a lot of, you know, there've been a, there's still people I know that, that don't want Manny to hold a job. And my point with them right now is that Miami's a most of these coaches we talk about in the hot seat, Scott Frost, for example, Manny's got something those guys don't have, which is we can count four or five true freshmen that are absolutely game changers. That three, like James Williams, their safety, he starts at Georgia right now. As good as Georgia's D is, he'd walk right in there, a starter, be part of their too deep at works. Leonard Taylor, stud. Jalen Knight, stud. Tyler Van Dyke, stud. You fired that coach right now. How about a, how sh- about a, how about Arroyo, the tight end that they got from Texas last year? Arroyo, Restrepo, I mean, uh, Cameron uh, Kitchens. Yeah, like, I mean, Bershard start- Smith. All these kids are making impacts as freshmen. They, I, I said at the time, I told you this class I felt for Miami was the best class they've signed in twenty years. I don't care what the rankings said. I listen. I saw these kids play live. They got grown men. James Williams is a 6'5 safety with range. He's the best 
talent, most talented safety they've signed since Sean Taylor. It's not, it's a fact. You could go look. They have not signed anybody that looks even s- similar to that kid on the football field. And he's a freshman. He's 6'5", 220, he's rangy. He's got the attitude. Demo talks about it. He has it. He has that it. All right? Uh, Freaking Jalen Knight has it. Leonard yeah. Taylor has it. Arroyo has these are guys that look like the guys Butch Davis brought in with the Edron Jameses and the and those guys when he turned Miami around. So, like, we talked my, about my, it. Yeah, my point with that is that you fire him. You make shit, you know, you, the staff's going to get shaken up if the head coach. That just happens. Yeah. Guys start leaving. With the NIL, what it is, with the transfer portal, what it is, you think those studs are going to all stay in Miami? You think someone's not going to come out there? Someone doesn't already – and already inquired about let's see let me find out their background who their mom is who can i get to who can i tell who can i throw a big nil Corey, I'm, not, I'm gonna just say this school. i'm gonna say this and miami fans should just save their breath manny ain't getting fired you look at the rest of the schedule yesterday saved him his job i think he's got that team turned around now like you just, sometimes it just takes one game demo's been there he was at Rutgers, like he, he was at Rutgers. They beat Michigan State, and I think they lost to, like, Howard a, a couple weeks later. Or they New lost Hampshire. New Hampshire. All right. And then all of a sudden, the team kind of fell apart a little bit. But then the following year, they took that team to another. Like, there's a turning point in each program. And Manny got it with the win against NC State. They, they, they gutted it out, but he won with the younger players. I don't know why he took so long. I don't want to hear, oh, they weren't ready. They didn't know the playbook. To me, that's on co- – if there's one thing I feel that's on coaching is when you tell me you got a young player and he's not ready. That's on the coaching staff. If he's that darn good and he can win you ball games, it's on you to get them ready. All right, we talked about it. Pete Carroll, when he was at USC, he said, listen, if you're a freshman and you're better than a senior, I'm going to play you. I don't care. You're going to play. And that's why USC had so much success. You can't go with a senior that continues to fail, but, oh, he knows the playbook, but when he gets out there, he doesn't make plays. I'd rather have a guy, and Demo would too, that will make a mistake but physically can make up for it than to have a guy that can't play but he knows the playbook but you know he's limited and there's no upside. And that's what's happened. They played a lot of guys that just didn't have the upside of James Williams, Leonard Taylor. You see it the first time they walk in. The presence they bring to that football team, they look like different guys. Well, it all started when the quarterback got hurt. And then what happened is the morale went down. Then what happened is you had all these pieces in place, and then the quarterback's hurt. Now you got to bring another quarterback in. So now's the time to roll the dice. You got to play the young kids. Because even if even if even the king was still there, I'd play the young kids because Mm -hmm. they're they're the future and they're better than what they got. And I like you said, when I watched that number four, that running back, Knighton, I guess get the ball i said whoa that dude he, he's a different player he's a different kind of kid so those guys get you excited about miami's future i mean and you, th- you thought this was the year but when king got hurt it took him a while they got derailed it took him a while to get back on track but you you've seen it all right i mean you've seen it when you've had playmakers like a peter war you get a kid like jalen knight and i'm not saying he's peter war but the thing is when you have a guy that literally could take one carry and switch a game to the house that is intimidating to that other team like pittsburgh this kid took one carry yesterday and pittsburgh realized wait a second this ain't the this ain't the miami we saw in week three four and five struggling this is a different team and those kids make everybody around them better 
They're like, dude, we're, we are better than this team. We're going to come out here and not only we're going to smack them around, we're going to dominate them. And that's what happened. These young players. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Miami's got two NFL tight ends in Mallory and Arroyo. They finally went to 12 personnel yesterday and Pittsburgh couldn't, couldn't find an answer. And then the running backs. And the thing is, is when you have tight ends, like two of them, like they do, that opens up your run game. It opens up your pass game. You can stretch the field. The offensive coordinator doesn't have to play in a box now. It changes everything. And their offense is totally different now with Van Dyke. And listen, I thought King was a great player and he was a great transition player. But the one thing King couldn't do, he struggled, was consistently pass the ball. This kid can throw the ball and that opens up their whole offense. And they're a different team now than they were three, four weeks ago. Yeah, man, it's funny when you got a you got a quarterback with some legitimate NFL talent in there. That offense looks a whole lot different. Tyler Van yeah. Dyke threw for 429 yesterday. Yeah, the O line uh, doesn't look as bad. Oh, I don't look so. The receivers are starting to catch the balls again. The receivers catch the ball. <laughs> the running ball. backs hit the right holes. Everything and, starts. You know, and my point is that you, when you got a head coach, and especially you know, Miami's kind of a, you know, with their AD, their president, I know fans are not happy with the. You fire a coach, you really risk losing that entire core because there are other programs that know what you got and they see what you got and they might want what you have and they've got the resources and the hook to get those things. Uh, listen, that will be like SMU going on probation and everybody <laughs> showed on campus. You will literally have every huh. scout and coach on Miami's campus within 24 hours of Manny getting fired because there's at least 10 difference makers in that young group. I'm just telling you, I, I told you guys, uh, people said, Oh, Oh, you overrated the Palmetto guys. No, every one of those Palmetto guys has already made an impact as a freshman. All right. For uh, the kid at Florida is already playing as a freshman for Shard Smith's made uh, impact as a freshman freaking Leonard Taylor's already made an impact. That team was talented. Yeah, there's only one guy, if they ever decided to let Manny go, which I think is foolish, like you just got done saying, is, is Mario. If he came back, he could keep it all together and then, yeah. and then some. But well, you, better have, you, better, back, you better have him signed, sealed, and delivered. That's what I'm you. saying. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys. What a fun day. What a fun time. What a fun conversation. What else? Is anything else on your mind today, Mr. Damaris? Yeah, Florida State, Clemson, I watched it. It was a game of missing parts. You know, both teams are missing, missing parts. Part. You know, yeah, it's Clemson like, was missing man, their talent. It was, it was hard <laughs> to watch it. Basically, that is what they were doing. But see, Clemson, both teams have a history. Both teams have a, you know, have a whatever. But the tradition, but the team that has the tradition and the history closest to the end was Clemson. So they were going to pull it out because those kids believe. But Florida State, it's just the game of missing parts. What I'm not used to seeing it. You're used to seeing better, is I guess what you're saying. All right. What I'm saying. Listen, they have gotten better this year. I mean, they're more competitive in these games. What's it gonna take though? Like it, it is it like they they we talked about it, me and Corey off the record about this. All right. They got two nice backs, but they don't have Jalen Knight. They don't have a difference, like they don't have one dude they could go to like every team has that's uh, especially Florida, Florida state, Miami. When have you ever seen a team at, at one of those schools, not have one guy, I'm just talking one guy that could change the whole dynamic on offense. And I know everybody says, Oh, Tra- Travis Hunter's going to save the world and everything. And he's coming in. Listen, 
I'm starting to wonder if Travis Hunter ends up at FSU and so is Corey. All right. I do too. You, you at some point you got, you could only sell this message. And I agree. They, they put a better product on the field. The team's better coached, but at the end of the day, they're not winning ball games. So you got to worry about those top kids start. I mean, the kids already been at, in Athens twice. If Georgia wins this year, does a kid go, you know, Hey, listen, I'm just going to go to university of Georgia. And you could tell, and listen, I spoke to the kid, the kid's a diehard Florida state fan, but that only goes so far. You know, at some point a kid still got to make a business decision. Hey, listen, he's going to talk to his parents. He's going to talk to his mentor. He's going to talk to whatever agent he has on the street. These guys are going to, somebody's going to get in his ear and say, Hey, listen, you got to make a business decision. Is this the decision you want to make? Because yeah. this is your career you're talking about. So, yeah. I mean, let's, I, I don't know, man. Like I just, I, like I said, they, they are a better coach team. They are. I thought they came out that once again, I think they out coach Clemson at the end of the day, Clemson had the better players. We talked about it. Shipley, who I, I, I didn't see a whole lot of them in high school. I know he was a five-star running back. He looked like a manimal yesterday. He was a grown man, animal, whatever you want to call him. He was a freaking flat out stud and he just wore Florida state out. And the difference is, is Florida state has decent backs that Clemson said, we're going to stop them and we're going to force Jordan Travis to beat exactly. us with his arm. We've talked about this over and over. <laughs> Jordan Travis is only good if he can run. If you shut that run game down, Florida state becomes one dimensional and they become easier to defend as a coach. I don't, I mean, I don't think Florida State out coached them. I mean, I, I thought they, I thought, I thought, I thought their players played hard. I, don't, I mean, I mean, you just said it that we all knew that Clemson was going to shut down their running game. They still couldn't get a pass. But, they still could not figure out how to move the football. But, but Corey, they were with three minutes left in the game. Florida State had the lead, and for me, yes. Uh, and what that, happened? They could not. They could not. Get a four-minute offense but, going to hold but, on to that lead. Yeah, but to me, the fact that they put themselves in position, that's on those coaches. Yes, a lot but of the players. We're not surprised that Clemson is not a good They've only no, this was the first game all year when they scored more than You put yourself on Here, mute? Sorry. Uh, this was the first game all year where they scored more than 20 points against an FBS opponent. They're not just not a good football team. They're a they're one of the worst offensive football teams in the I, league. So as long they, as you score anything, you're going to stay close with them. But once a game is played, all of that's out the window. It doesn't matter what your stats are. With three minutes left, they sacked the quarterback. They had a shot to win, and they should have won the game at that and point. They did, if they, if, no. And that's when the coaching came into play, and that's when they failed. No, but I just – I'm not going to put – like this – I don't think this is like a co the coaches lost this game. At the end of the day, they, they didn't have the dudes. I mean, Shipley, they just handed him the ball. He plowed down the field. He plowed down the field. And after a while, you I, I think he had 25 carries. You try tackling that kid 25 times. The first 10 ain't I, that I'd bad. I'd lay his ass out, yeah. first of all. It wouldn't first, even, you know, it, it wouldn't get 25 carries. Dude, your yeah, ass is huffing. Your ass be huffing and puffing after Believe one Believe me, uh, exactly. <laughs> after five carries, I'm going to go hyperventilate. Now, you may fall down and the kid trips over you and blows his knee out. Now you help the team. Listen, how it gets done, don't worry about how it gets done. <laughs> it would get done, all right? No, yeah. my, my point is they didn't score any offensive points in the second. I don't even think they got a – did they even get any first downs in the second half? Yeah. I mean, like – They, they should have 
they basically just punted on first down. That's yeah, all pretty it. much. Yeah. Don't worry about was, Monday o'clock. You remember, yeah, you remember, and I think this was 04, and it was a game, FSU Miami game that they led. FSU led like 10 3 most of the game because Cromarty had like picked up a fumble, recovered it. And FSU's own game plan was literally. Let's just play field position. We're not even going to try to oh, the Yeah, but once once Cromarty went down, they picked on the back of corner. And that was exactly. It. Yeah, Miami won the this game. Was a, they basically did the same thing. They're like, and even they were trailing, and they're like, Dude, "Well, listen, we listen, can't score. I will, maybe listen, they'll give us something." Listen, like Norvell looks at that play sheet. All right, first off, he probably has like 400, 500 plays, maybe a thousand in his play sheet. He's down to like an index card of. Run Travis right, run on left, run on center, throw across the middle. All right, what are we, coach? We've called these flit like at some point Clemson figured it out, and they said, I don't think coaching what mattered at that point. No. There's always Clemson, so much Clemson, Clemson's gonna shut down the counter. They 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 do a great oh, job of moving the front, twisting yeah. the front, and certain linebackers, they're gonna shut down eventually. The you're gonna shut it down, and there's only so much like coaching can only do so much. I mean. Listen, man, when you – Demo's been there, you know? I mean, he was there at Rutgers. He had his corners already. He had, wow. he, he had those corners already till that quarterback freaking uh, Mike Hart decided to throw an out route, and it went pick six, and Demo said, oh, game over. He took the headset off three minutes in. <laughs> Look, dude, there's only so much coaching you can do. Like Sometimes the you know what you know. Whatever. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to continue to move the goalposts for the Mike Norvell administration. That yesterday gives FSU another moral victory us making it two and a half moral victories this year. The moral victory over Notre Dame and the second half against they've almost got as many moral victories as they have real victories. Oh, geez, open up a can of worms here. It was in his contract. Every moral victory, you get another five. Every grand. moral victory, yeah. He gets a bonus for moral victories. And they cut out sod. They make that a moral sod, get a moral oh, victory dude, sod they game. definitely brought part of that grasp. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's that's in the... shit. See, Dino's bad for coaching FSU history, so it really burns him oh. here. Demo's upset that, like, Dion. Listen, Demo's upset that Dion's actually going to turn the FSU job down with it. That's what's going to ruin Demo's day. We're going to, we're going to, we're not, we're not going to kill FSU anymore. Fish, what you got anything else on your mind? <laughs> no, nah, man, you know, it's, it, you know, it was enjoyable to watch college football this week. And it's really the first weekend I've got to watch almost like a full day. I had a little time off to watch my son play baseball, but it's been a long year so far. And um, I, 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 I've enjoyed what I've seen it. Like I said, it's, it's made college football fun that it's not the same four or five teams, just, you know, owning the headlines. I think it's exciting that you have these other teams involved. I think it's oh I think this year you've seen more fans involved and in watching the games because there's more teams that have an opportunity to win and win big. So that's my takeaway from this weekend. I don't know what Demo thinks. Hey, I'm just glad Demo's back. All right. Yeah, yeah I'm Happy glad Demo's back. back from assignment. And uh let's uh Let's keep an eye on. Let's keep that. Let's keep a big eye on a Tuesday. Maybe we might have a special podcast for the people on Tuesday after the selection show. We'll see what happens. That's not a problem, uh, man. I'm ready. But to it, until then, uh, thank you everybody for listening to the Fishcast. Our producer is the well-rested Justin Otto. Uh, he's well-rested. He's well-rested. He's well rested. He, he has rested more than me, dude. I. Uh, <laughs> 
Justin likes to sleep a lot. I ain't gonna Justin, lie. Just the well-rested Justin oh Otto. Oh my god! Uh, his and, favorite, uh, his favorite thing's a bed. <laughs> his favorite thing's a bed. <laughs> uh, we are uh, that a grand that that a grand theft auto. Grand theft auto. I don't think I don't think you do grand play grand theft auto while he's laying down, dude. Even that he, much better. If he can make money playing grand theft auto, this kid would be living in a mansion. Honestly. Grand Theft Auto is sleeping. Those are that's what he would do. Oh, oh we kid you, Justin. Oh, we kid him. He just looked back at me like, "You think I'm gonna get that freaking podcast done in the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours?" Yeah, I, yeah, I have to I'm, pay him twice as much now. I know he's got he's got an eighteen-hour nap coming before he gets that sucker done. Eighteen-hour oh, nap and then download some Motley Crue bootlegs from the early early nineteen eighty-six concert. Or you can find the Fish Cast at anywhere where you find Fish Cat, anywhere you find podcasts. It could be Apple, Spotify iHeartRadio, Google, you name it. You can find the Fishcast on Twitter at the Fish Podcast. And with that, we wish you a good evening. Anything else, gentlemen? That's it, man. That's it, my man. All right, everybody have a good night. Thank you for listening. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.